Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, it's been a week, probably, unless you're listening to this podcast on repeat. And uh, I'm your host for today's show, Aaron Richards. I'm joined here by my friend and brother in Christ, Brad Pierre. Welcome back to the show, Brad. Thanks, Aaron. It's good to be here. We are excited to be here. Beyond Damascus, friends, if you're joining us for the first time, is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. We are carried across the global EWTN Catholic Radio Network, and we couldn't be more excited to be here today. Friends, you know that as St. Paul encountered the Lord Jesus on his way to Damascus, uh, his life was changed forever, right? Through that moment of encounter with Jesus, St. Paul was set on a path that shifted the trajectory of his life for good. So too we, when we encounter Jesus, our lives should be changed, should be shifted. And uh, that's that's the story of the show, right, Brad? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if you might be able to kick us off in prayer, brother. Yeah, absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, would continue to inspire us to seek greater yes, conversion. Yes, Lord. That you would allow us the opportunity to encounter you every day mm-hmm. in the smallest ways and in the biggest of ways. And we pray that from that encounter, you would lead us forth onto radical mission in our life. God, we want to live an adventurous life. We don't just want to exist we want to live fully, and we pray that your spirit would help us to do that. Yeah, Jesus, we pray that um, our listeners today, that you would open their ears to be able to hear the words that uh, we're speaking in exactly the way that you need them to receive receive them. Um, Lord, thank you for, for connecting us today, and we pray that this message would be transformative. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Brad, how are you doing today, brother? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm inspired and convicted. I feel like the Lord's doing something new in this season, but what's new, right? Yeah. So friends, once again, for those of you who might be joining us for the first time, Brad and I work here, not just on a radio show, not just on a podcast, but we work here at a place called Damascus in Centerburg, Ohio. Brad is our the director of our missionary program. I'm one of our executive directors for operations, and uh, it's our joy to be able to share the good fruit, not just that God is doing in our hearts, but even here on this campus through the through the lives that are transformed here. So, yeah, um, Brad, it's a it's a kind of a wild season for you. It is, yeah, yeah. We're currently in the the midst of hiring the missionaries that we will have over the course of the summer and over the course of the next year, and. It's so funny. I get so much life out of everything that's happening on site. And uh, it's just so important for me. So I have a small group that meets uh, with people who don't do the same work that we do here at Damascus. And it's so inspiring, like I said earlier, to see how God is connecting the church right now. That like the movement that I'm seeing here at Damascus isn't just here at Damascus. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm seeing a common thread throughout all of the men that I meet with on a biweekly basis. Tell me, tell me about that. I'm excited yeah, to hear what yeah, that is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I mentioned in the prayer that I've just, um, I've just been asking the Lord to inspire me to encounter him in, in everyday life. And we ultimately, my, my small group, we meet biweekly and we were talking about this idea of mission recently. And yeah. I think there's been a lot of ways that I've seen mission over the course of my life in, in big ways and in small ways, but as we were talking, I was beginning to see just the scope of mission in life. And I feel like mm. 
over the course of time, I've developed an idea of mission around my personality. And I think that's a temptation for all of us that we believe that mission is exercised in this way because this is the way that we exercise mission. Or the way that I'm comfortable. Exactly. A (laughs) hundred percent. And as I was meeting with Uh this group of guys, we got into this really amazing discussion where we didn't immediately find common ground. And I, I feel like where we came to over the course of the meeting after that was with this idea of the mission of the moment. And not a momentary mission. Those are two different things. So I mean the mission of the moment that I'm in right now. And I was thinking about this in the context of encounter and mission. There's no more true saying than the fact that we're going to encounter the moment that we're in right now. Because we are. We're currently encountering the moment that we're in right now. Sort of by definition. Exactly. Sort of by (laughs) definition. And in that, though, if there's an encounter in every moment that can be had with God, then there's a mission in every moment that can be had with God. Nice. And I felt like in the midst of our small group, as we were putting all of these different personalities on display, we began looking and saying, no, we can't exactly hold ourselves to any of these non-negotiables, but we can hold ourselves to the non-negotiable that in every moment there's an opportunity. And that's for you and for me, regardless of personality, regardless of background, regardless of skill set. And I feel like the Lord was inspiring me to just talk about that today. The mission of the moment, again, not a momentary mission, not something that just happens for a moment, but the mission of the moment. And there's always more moments ahead, right? That's sweet. You know, uh, as, as you're speaking, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so, um, one of my favorite, when I, when I study the gifts of the Holy Spirit, my, yeah. my favorite gift of the Holy Spirit is the gift of counsel, mm-hmm. which is, which is as described by St. Thomas Aquinas is the, the, it's, it's almost like a, um, it's an, it's an interface between our understanding of what prophecy means and mm-hmm. our understanding of what courage means, right? It's yeah. the ability to immediately perceive the direction of God and to act on it. Mm. And, uh, I, I, I love that. I love that, that statement that, that because there's an encounter waiting for us in every moment, there's a mission there too. Right. And, um, what's the process? What, what's the process to get from a place of like, uh, of being, not being able to perceive that to then coming to a place of actually being able to live that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, being where our feet are is a huge thing that we've talked about before on yeah. this show, but I don't know. We just live in this society that's so future oriented all of yep. the time. Yep. I, I find myself in it, especially during this pandemic while we're recording this. Like, yeah. I can't wait to get out of this. But it's like, I have no idea when we're going to get out of this. Yeah. So I'm just constantly pushing off this future orientation. And it, as I do that, I'm missing every moment that I think about the future. I'm, how am I trying to say that? I miss the present moment in projecting a future that might not come. Yeah. And so like, Oh, that's such a temptation. Yeah, it's such a temptation, <laughs> especially in the world we live in today. Like I, I was thinking yeah. back, I've been preaching to some high schoolers recently and I was thinking back to my high school days. And the question you always get is like, what are you thinking about studying when you go to college? What college yeah. are you going to go to? I and find it, myself sometimes asking middle schoolers that. I know. I know. <laughs> it's become just entrenched in our culture. And like, what do you want to do with your life, yeah. 10-year-old? Or what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> or, you know, as, as I have been sitting in circles of um, men that are much older and wiser than me, I, I still find that same temptation when they're asking, what are you going to do in retirement? Yeah. It's like, why are we always <laughs> asking what the next chapter is when we're not uh, living the page right now? That's you awesome. Know? And yeah. so I think... Being where your feet are 
is at least a start to what we're talking about. Yeah. So, okay. So we're going to break that open today. Um, I'm, I'm excited for that, for that opportunity. So friends, if that's where you've found yourself, I, I even look at, you know, in the first days of pandemic here at Damascus, um, you know, for, for praise the Lord that he, that he does everything that he does in our lives. Right. I, I consider ourselves really fortunate and forward thinking, um, we actually, God actually was positioning us for the launch of a, of a digital, um, recording platform here at Damascus, like the day before, uh, the day before the announcement was made that Ohio had to shut down for the pandemic. And it was, it was cool to be in a place of not reacting to how are we going to shift everything we're doing to bring it online so that we can actually be relevant in this time, um, versus what we were asking ourselves is, okay, God's been positioning for us. What do we need to do now? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, my observation of the last, uh, of the last couple, couple months is, is just that, like that, you know, uh, Zoom meetings have become like a, a part of our experience um, in a way that back in March, they were super exciting and innovative. And then, Sometime around September, it was like, if I ever go to another Zoom meeting, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now uh, I look back and it's sort of like, okay, this is, this is the way life, you know, this is the way life is. Um, and I, I think that's, that's, our, that's our tendency is, is when something shifts to go, like to pour everything into an, almost an overreaction mm-hmm. rather than asking the Lord, okay, what are you doing now? Yep. What are you, what are you saying now? Um. I'm just, it's funny. I'm having conversations with my, with my brothers, my, uh, my brothers and my dad and I, we have a little, uh, we have a little financial investment chat. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny on a daily (laughs) basis. They're like, okay, you know, put all of your $25 into, uh, into GameStop, right. Or the Dogecoin. (laughs) Right. And, and you know, when, when we, when we see, when we see something happening, when we see the promise of, of, future success or warning, our tendency is just to, it's, it's to, it's to plan, it's to prepare, it's to react. Why? Because we've got to believe like there's this, there's this tendency in us as human beings mm-hmm. to, to feel as though we've got to be prepared. Yep. We've got to be educated to the point of success. We've got to be ready to the point of acting on whatever comes our way. And the reality is sometimes the Lord just calls us to like, to receive to hold his hand and to, and to walk together. Yeah. And that's really hard. It is. Well, it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to respond correctly. I, I, I've been in the old Testament in prayer recently. And one of the number one ways you see a person of the Lord respond in the old Testament is here. I am. Yeah. And just the profundity of even that statement, here I am, like, here I am on this podcast with you right now. Here I am in my car. Like, here I am. Not there I will be. Here I am. And yeah. I don't know. There's something about that. Like, the Lord calls in in the mess. Like, you know, Abraham, he's already, like, broken covenant with the Lord. And then the Lord is asking him years later to go sacrifice Isaac. And the first thing Abraham says is, here I am. And then he goes and he mm. asks his son Isaac if he's ready to go make the sacrifice. And Isaac says, here I am. Mm. Well, imagine that, that the, the son began trusting the father because the father was trusting our heavenly father. Like it, it, it's, it's almost passed down yeah. in, in a way that when someone begins witnessing this, I am where my feet are. 
here I am mentality. It encourages those around them to do the same. And I very seldomly, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm not overstating it. No, I, I very seldomly look at a moment and say, here I am in yeah. this moment. Here I am. I, my schedule will take care of itself the rest of the day. My I can, I can confirm days, that. 100%. <laughs> right. Well, because it's, it's so, I don't know. I, I think sometimes maybe in the name of balance, in the name yeah. of rhythm, we risk missing the current moment. Amen. Um, so friends, as we, uh, as we jump into today's show, I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that maybe some of you have experienced a similar symptom in your life. Um, that, that's, that's who we're targeting today. We're setting our sights squarely on the tendency to be racked by anxiety about what tomorrow holds, um, to be racked by anxiety about what this summer holds, about what the next COVID numbers are going to hold about, about what the next move of the market's going to hold. And there's, there's a lot to be said for realizing that in this moment now, in every moment of my life, that there's, there's a particular practical way that God wants to reveal himself here. You know, uh, it's good. Brad, Brad and I are both, we're both engaged in, um, the Bible in a day or yeah. Bible in a year podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus for father, Mike Schmitz. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, that's right. We're, you know, we're just, we're just jumping through Exodus and, uh, and not only was that the response of the people, but that was the response of the Lord, yeah. right? Yeah. When the Lord reveals his name, he says, I am, I am. who I am, right? Mm-hmm. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here now. Don't worry about tomorrow. Right. Uh, that, that, that God is enough. God is enough for you today. God is enough for you in this moment. Mm-hmm. And when that temptation, when that tendency comes to, to whether through frustration or through preparation or through joy or through anxiety, right? That, that when that temptation comes to look somewhere other than this moment, maybe mm-hmm. we're missing something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If, if, if Paul had been racing toward Damascus, he may have, he may have just passed by the light that blinded him on the road. Right. Right. We've, we've got to be ready to receive God here mm-hmm. and now so that we can respond in the way that he, he wants to, he wants to see us transform. Yeah. Yeah. And I even like your Freudian slip, you said Bible in a day when it's Bible in a year, but, <laughs> but the reality is it never becomes Bible in a year if we don't do it today. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I, I think this idea of zooming in, yep. zoom in and instead of zooming out, like we're so tempted to do zoom in. Yep. Awesome. Friends, uh, I, I hope you're excited for, for the content of today's show. We're going to get down to some practicals on, on how we see this reality lived out every day. We're calling it the, the mission of the moment, not a, not a momentary mission, right? Mm-hmm. The, that, that at every moment, God wants to encounter us. And we are the show where encounter meets mission. Um, those things walk hand in hand. So uh, we look forward to joining you again after this short break. Thank you for joining us on Beyond Damascus. St. Hildegard of Bingen was a mystic, an abbess, a botanist, a saint, and a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. Hildegard had her first visions at the age of three, which she called the Shade of the Living Light. She later wrote about them in works declared by St. Bernard of Clairvaux to be from God. Pope Benedict XVI agreed when he named her only one of four doctors of the church who are women in 2012. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Ever wonder how we should pray? I'd like to offer just one. Don't make prayer your work. Make work your prayer. 
In other words, one's faithfulness to their daily duties of state and life and vocation, while at home and at their place of employment, can be offered as a pleasing sacrifice to God when done lovingly, faithfully, and well. It all boils down to the virtue of diligence, doesn't it? Do what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, in the way it's supposed to be done. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. And my name is Aaron Richards. I'm joined here with my friend and brother in Christ, Brad Pierron. And today, friends, the theme of today's show is the mission of the moment, not just a momentary mission. Uh, we, we love alliteration and word games, but <laughs> yes. here's the deal. Uh, God has a plan for us every moment to encounter him authentically. Mm-hmm. And the moment that we the moment the, the the moment that we take our eyes off of what's happening here is the moment that we begin to miss the opportunity that we have to That's encounter right. Him. And God doesn't bring us to moments of encounter without charging us for mission. That's kind mm-hmm. of the idea of the show. Mm-hmm. So uh, we believe, and 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 we're, we're jumping into today that that God has a special uh, opportunity, a special invitation to encounter with you. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. that means there's mission now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think there's times when we can look at mission in our lives and think to ourselves, well, when the Lord provides the right moment for mission, then I'll do it. That's the momentary mission I, idea that like when the Lord provides the moment, I'll be on mission. But every moment is a moment I can be on mission. I mean, yeah. that that's the purpose of the alliteration is for us to to actually change our perspective. And it's not a crazy shift, yeah. but it, it, it is it is a slight one that I think would bring great fruit. You know, when uh, when I look around at the church today, mission is such a buzzword. We're using it all the time. Evangelization, mission, evangelization, mission. And I think when we hear that, it, it becomes a word that convicts us, but a word that doesn't necessarily translate into action. And I think there's a variety of reasons for that, but one of them is definitely that I think we believe that the perfect moment has to present itself, and then yeah. we'll absolutely say yes. But like, that's just not how it works. If I don't say yes to the mission of this moment and engaging you and engaging these listeners, I'm not going to engage the big moment that comes later. It's kind of that idea about... um of martyrdom. Like yeah. everybody's like, okay, I- I've just had this radical conversion experience. I'll die a martyr. It's like, well, how about you wake <laughs> up and pray first tomorrow? <laughs> you know, because when you commit to that, yeah. then you'll be able to give a more surrendered. Yes. Each step of the way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So, uh, today friends, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be jumping into kind of some, some, I don't know, some practical direction, maybe just some inspirational moments in, in terms of how we can, um, Embrace that call to living mission in every moment, mm-hmm. right? Why? Because, because like, like Brad said, if we're going to wake up, if we're going to commit ourselves to, to, to waking up and praying, right? Yeah. Um, that, that we need a community that we can stand by. We need, we need to actually yeah, embrace this as, as a universal Catholic culture so that, uh, so that we can step into it. Right. Um, Brad, I, I've, I've, I've frequently been inspired by you, man. Um, that, here at Damascus, we engage in a process called local outreach, right? Yeah, yeah. Where as missionaries, we send our, our teams out and we'll just send them out. We, we send our missionaries out two by two into the, into the local community. And their mission is just to love people, right? right? It's, to, it's to go into stores. It's to go into malls. It's to, it's to walk down the street in Mount Vernon and just find people who, uh, who are 
existing in their everyday life and to be that light and that invitation in that moment to bring the light of Christ. That's right. And our missionaries who lead up that effort, they've been meeting with me recently and they're like, how can we make this better? And I, I only respond with the idea that you simply need to engage the moment, encounter the moment, encounter the Lord in the moment, that there's no like recipe to make it better. There's only a you that could be more present to that moment that would in fact make it better. You know, like don't get on to the next encounter. Like don't, don't miss that, which is right in front of you. I, 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 uh, I, I've been using this like slogan lately, widen the tent, widen the tent. Like, and it's obviously there's, there's a biblical understanding of like what a tent is and all of that. And we can look at the tent as a refuge, all of the different things. But when I say widen the tent, what I mean is like expand what you think of when you think of mission, expand what you think of when you think of basic things that you do. So when you're driving in the car, like I just yesterday, I was doing a late merge. I was just, I don't know, daydreaming about something. And I did this late merge and this person slowed down, waved me over and I got in the other lane and I just waved. And then the person eventually got to my left, my driver's side and and passed me. But as they passed, I was able to just like share a smile. And I thought to myself, just like this basic human decency, Hmm. that was the mission of the moment. Like it wasn't grandiose. Like that person, I don't know if tomorrow they're going to give their life to Jesus. I don't know, but I know that in that moment I was other focused. Yeah, That's the best thing you can do, whether you're on local outreach as a missionary or whether you're on a car ride home from work. I don't know. That's the best Thing that you can do with that moment. Yeah, isn't that a isn't that like cheapening the idea of mission though to suggest that we could just live yeah. it, you know, by waving at the car next to us? Yeah, I, 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 I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. And, and, I think it's and here's, it. here's my here's my evidence for this. So it, it's about it's about building it's about building a habit and building a lifestyle. Hmm. So, sure. um, Brad, I appreciate you sharing that that message yeah. about waving at the guy on the highway. Why? Because I can witness to the fact that this isn't just, that's not the extent of the mission that you live. No. But this is, this is, this is actually how you live your life. Yes. Um, One of my, one of my favorite things, um, Brad, is that without fail, as you teach or as you uh, preach on stage or in the course of conversation in the office on a regular basis, you'll make mention of the fact that, hey, I was at the gas station. I just started, like, I, I, I felt the Lord speak to me about the person behind the counter. Right. And, um, so I just started sharing with, with him or her about God's plan and destiny for her life. Yeah. And it's, it's like, you know, that's, that's maybe a next step, right? That, that for many would be potentially super intimidating. Right. But it's finding the fact that, Hey, yep. God wants me to act when I'm in my car. God wants me to act when I get to the gas station. Yes. God wants me to act when I get to the office. God wants me to speak in his name when I walk through the door when I get home. Mm-hmm. And and then when you get on stage, Brad, you're speaking from a place of authenticity. Right, right. Then it doesn't become an act, right? It doesn't become a performance. And I think there, there's two sides to this coin. I think I think there's the side that like oh, only goes out on mission when they know that it's, the, it's like this grandiose opportunity. There's another side that's like, I don't even know how to get started with mission, you know? Yeah. And I was thinking about this. I was listening to a podcast recently and it was talking about this psychological, I, I guess, principle. And it's called the zone of proximal development. And 
it's it sounds lofty, but it, it's pretty simple in practice. And they were talking about it in the context of raising a child. Yeah. And the idea was like when you when your when your kid begins walking, right? And you know this better than I, Aaron. They, they take they take a step, mm-hmm. and then you're encouraging them to take one more step and one more step. Now, if when your child first starts walking, they take a step, and then you bolt to the other side of the room and say, "Come to me," they're gonna fall. But if you go one step in front of them and you say, okay, one more step. Yeah. Okay. One more step. Okay. One more step. Then by the time you know it, you're on the other side of the room, you know, that like, it, it's this idea that we need to set the bar just above where you're at right now. Mm. We, we need to stretch you just enough to where you don't think you can do it. It's actually the best way to communicate with a child too. communicate with them on their level, but using language that's slightly above where they're at because you're. You're showing them not only that they could challenge themselves, but they can meet a challenge and then they mm. can grow. Like, don't be so sure that you're, re- that you'll be ready to preach to thousands when you're not ready to engage a moment of basic human decency on the highway. That's the idea is that like, when you set that bar a little bit higher for yeah. yourself now, but here, here's the other side of the coin, right? Is there, there's some that want to go chase the grandiose moment. They're like, why don't I just set the bar as high as humanly possible? Well, because I'm not sure if any of you out there play basketball like I do, but it actually encourages me over time when I'm getting back into a rhythm of basketball to lower the rim a little bit, because (laughs) as I lower the rim a little bit, like I'm beginning to elevate and I'm like, if I'm wanting to get like just back to a, a jumping capacity that I was once at. It's good for me to be at a nine foot rim and throw the ball off the backboard and go up and grab it. And then I move it to nine and a half and then I move it to 10. Why? Because I recognize that like, if, if, if this is possible, that muscle memory can be translated into something that's bigger and better that can be used in a moment when I actually partake in a game, yeah. right? Like that same type of analogy is true in mission. And that's where I go back to that idea of widen the tent, like widen the tent of your understanding. If you feel like you've had the bar so low that you've never been out on mission and widen the tent. If you have it so narrow that it's only the preaching to a thousand people that you consider mission. It's like, no mission is everything in between and everybody can do it. No matter your personality, no matter anything, every moment has an opportunity for mission. Yeah. 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 Um, we would like to say on, on the radio show on beyond Damascus that, uh, that every single one of us is called to a life of full-time ministry. Right. Right. And, uh, this is not, this is not a show that is only for priests. This is not a show that it's only for youth ministers. It's not a show that's only for, um, the Damascus, you know, team. This is a show that's, that's, that's for, for every missionary heart. What does that mean? It means every human being made in the image and likeness of God, right? That our, that our purpose, our, 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 our mission as a church is actually to communicate the message of the gospel in a way that gives life. Yep. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's what we're about. So, uh, Brad, let, I don't know, man, let's, let's, uh, let's talk details. Yeah. I, I, I want to see, you know, in the course of, in the course of a normal day and the course of a normal week, like how do we see this progression actually happen for us? How can we, how can we enter into a lifestyle where we see a change from, um, maybe, the the concept of mission being considered something that's lofty or sure, sure. or out of reach yep. to to a place where I can actually see myself begin to progress. Well, we have to see it through the lens of encounter. I know that sounds predictable, but you you have to. And here's what I mean by that. 
you know, of course, Paul encounters the Lord and then is sent forth on mission. But that wasn't the first time it ever happened. Look at the seashore in Galilee. Like these men encounter someone radically different than any other rabbi they've ever met who totally flips the script. For those of you who don't know how that would usually go, a rabbi would only go to the smartest Mm. of the culture and they would grill them with questions. And then after they proved to be enough, then the rabbi would say, come follow me. And for those of you who don't know, fishermen were not that they were not, <laughs> they were not the highest in society. And not only does the rabbi show up on the seashore that smells like dead fish, the rabbi walks up to them, yeah, asks them no questions, bypasses the whole process and says, come follow me. Yeah. And there's an encounter with something unique. Every moment's unique, right? And the Lord is unique in every moment. Now, now follow me. I, I don't mean that as just a word trip. That's true. And, and he, he gives them the opportunity to encounter him in that moment. And then in the same breath, he says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. That encounter and mission are inseparable. And so I think the first thing we have to ask ourselves and to be honest with ourselves, like, Do I even see like Jesus as an integral part of my day? That'd be a good first step. You know, I I pray in the morning and I I say some prayers before I go to bed at night. But so often throughout the middle of that, I didn't like just turn my heart to him. I actually have gotten in such a habit with reminders on my phone that I've put a reminder in my phone that literally just says Jesus. And that sounds like (laughs) weird, but it just, when it comes up, because I have all these things to do today, it just reminds me like, have I, have I thought about him once today? Because he's thinking about me all of the time. And then as, as that begins to happen, maybe it's once a day outside of morning and meals. I don't know. Maybe it's once outside of meals, like wherever you're at, you have a place to start. And then if you turn your heart to Jesus in that moment, being able to encounter him in that circumstance, there's no other response that can be had, but to be on mission. Now, again, is it the fulfillment of mission on your life? Of course not, but it's the mission of the moment, which prepares you for the bigger parts of mission. So sometimes it's as simple as I turn my affection to Jesus and then I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? Like that meeting that I'm in later, I'm going to listen to what people are saying and I'm going to actually welcome Jesus in my heart, whether it's at a ministry setting where you can do that out loud mm-hmm. or maybe in a secular sense, or you can do it internally and say, Lord, I just welcome you here. I welcome your peace here. Yeah. There's going to be conflict here. And I bring your resolution in my heart. And you know, like, okay, now all of a sudden that might not seem like a grandiose, like, I don't know, headliner mission, but it's a pretty good one. Yep. And it's, it's one that actually changes a circumstance. And th- that's a whole different yep. conversation is what is fruit, right? Like it, it, if mission is judged off fruit, don't be so sure that preaching to 10,000 people who don't change after they leave <laughs> is any better of a mission than being in a meeting where you welcome the Lord into your heart, but everyone leaves different yeah. because the Lord doesn't base it off quantity only. He bases it off the quality within the quantity that change. And that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, let's just not be so sure that it's only the big things. It is the big thing. So don't hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not, but it's also, it's also those everyday things. And, yeah. And we need to look at fruit through that. So, lens, I think. so I want to, I want to summarize that statement that, that to, to live our life on mission every day as a normal Catholic 
called to be engaged in full-time life-giving ministry. Um, the first step is being rooted in encounter. Yes. So if we are rooted in encounter, then w- w- then we've got the foundation that we need. We've got the we've got access to the grace that we need to actually provide and complete the mission that to which we're called. I've um, I, it's so, so funny that you mentioned that. So here at here at Damascus and at Catholic U Summer Camp for years, I would be the guy who uh, who led all of our worship sessions, who led music. Yeah. And um, this hit me one time. I was uh, you know. We were getting ready for an amazing night of club. We were getting, we had, I was, I was leading on guitar. We were singing our first song. It was a beautiful, lovely moment. And after we concluded our, our first song of, of worship, I, uh, I realized that I hadn't even like centered myself on the fact that mm-hmm. I was a human being in relationship yeah, with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So I just stopped playing and I was like, okay, hey, I don't know if anybody else is experiencing this, but I am. If you walked into this room and you haven't like said hello to Jesus, um, let's not sing about him. Let's yeah. welcome him into this place. Yeah. And that's something you carry really well, Aaron. I, what I hear in that is just a rich humility that in that, and that's what it takes to be rooted in encounter regularly is this humility of saying like, actually, like I'm not going to be self-sustaining right now, right? Yeah. Like I'm not just going to perform this worship set. I'm going to actually worship. Yeah. Th- those are two different things. I'm not just going to get through this meeting. I'm going to engage this meeting. I'm not just going to get through this drive. How many times do you drive somewhere? Maybe it's just me. And then you, you don't know how you got there. Like literally <laughs> I'll like arrive somewhere and I have just been on a 45 minute drive and I cannot recollect yeah. one moment on the road. Yeah. That's like, it's 45 minutes of my life. Now, again, like uh, that might seem minuscule in the grand scheme of everything, but if that's a regular routine, which for me it is, yeah, it, it, it you have to begin to wonder. So, so that, how much of that time am I losing? Yeah, Amen. So that so that first step, um, and let, let's just commit to it together that in order to live that missionary lifestyle, we've got to be rooted in encounter. Yep. And um, Brad, I wonder if instead of just talking about it, we can maybe just activate it here yeah, on the show. Yeah. So, um, friends, where, wherever you are, whether you're driving, whether you're, you know, whether you're washing the dishes, um, listening to this on your, on your headphones, um, let us remind ourselves in this moment, Jesus, you've got a mission for me and it starts in recognizing who you are. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, we, we center ourselves on you in this moment. We invite you into this place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We ask you to remind us of who you are. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we're excited to to step through these next moments with you. We're excited to set our sights on you, to plant our feet firmly on you as our foundation. Yeah. Lord, show us what is around us. And don't just show it to us passively. Just bring to life the things around us. If we're driving, show us the things that surround us. Show us the creation you've made, the trees, the sky. And Lord, just root us in this moment, wherever we're at, root us in this moment and help us to bring you into it. Amen. Let us see it as you see it. Let us see this moment through your eyes. Amen. And, uh, and that leads us into, I think what, what maybe a second, a second point could be in, in, in building a lifestyle that's based on the mission of the moment. First, we, we root ourselves in encounter 
And then I think the second piece that that might be just, it's fundamental to us is to see every opportunity, hmm. right? To see every opportunity, you know, Brad, you, um, you mentioned earlier, merging into traffic, like yeah, that, that could have been a moment that could have been a thoughtless act or that could be an opportunity. Yes. An opportunity to say something, to, to, to be present. I was driving I, just this morning, I was driving my daughter Lee at a school and, um, we begin our drive to school every day with a decade of the rosary. And then after that, it's kind of just like, uh, I've got five more minutes with her and, and, and I have an opportunity to yeah. either. So how's the weather? You know, <laughs> what, sure. what are you guys studying today in math? Yeah. Or to see the opportunity that I have five minutes with my daughter in the car to be able to actually engage in and, and pour into that yeah. moment. Yeah. Right. Um, what, what does it take to, to begin to see a moment as an opportunity and not just an experience that's passing me by? I think it just takes intentionality Yeah, to realize that, you know, now is the time I'm the one, right? Now is the time I'm the one. This, this, this moment was made for me. Yep. God, if I'm rooted in you and I believe that you're the master, the, the author of creation, then you intended for me to be in this place right now. Yes. Right. Driving, driving down the highway, sitting in front of my, uh, sitting in front of my sink, sitting in front of my television, folding laundry. Like this was the moment that you had planned from the foundation of the world. Right. What do you want me to do with it? Yes. How can I steward it? You know, he's the owner of everything. We just manage it. And moments are things that we manage and how well do we manage it? That's the question. But I, I, I love that principle of just seeing the opportunity because I think that's something that we in the church especially can get better at. And not that we need to change the language, but instead of seeing everything as obligation, what if we saw it as opportunity, right? That's awesome. Like what if when I looked at something that I have, that I have today, I wouldn't say that I have to, but I get to. You know, and again, I know that that's just language, but it, it's a disposition of heart is what I'm speaking to more so that when I look at my calendar for today, instead of saying, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. What if I said, I get to do this and I yeah. get to do this and I get to do this because it's just this shift of heart that says, you know, I'm, I'm not merely obligated to this moment. Yep. I have an opportunity in this moment. And that's in the most basic benign things. I mean, I was, I, I was bringing up the, the merging situation, like in traffic, because <laughs> it's, it's the most benign situation ever. Like it, it, but even in that, you yeah. know, I don't know how much more basic you can get. Maybe like when you're brushing your teeth, but like even in those moments, yeah, the Lord of the universe wants us to encounter him and for us to permit him to encounter us. Yeah. And then to send us on to a mission in the moment. Like, yeah. and again, like those are just so intertwined. It's always encounter mission, encounter mission, encounter yep. mission. And, yep. and we can live that with our lives. The saints, they've lived that with their lives. And yeah, and, one yeah. of the, one of the most, um, one of the most impactful moments for me in ministry, uh, happened a couple of years ago. I was, I was featured in a documentary called fearless Yeah, and, um, where it came from was, was just one of these moments. It, it was, my, my friend Patrick and I, we got together and we committed to um, spending an afternoon evangelizing, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I, I remember that what the, the way we got in, the way we, um, the way we focused ourselves on giving the Lord the moment was to, we, we, went, we went to the chapel, we prayed together and we just said, God, I'm going to give you, it's, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. 
we're going to do this until three. Mm-hmm. These next two hours belong to you. Right. Do whatever you want. Yes. And I'll tell you what, those, those next two hours were a spectacular outpouring of grace. We saw, we saw two, um, beautiful moments of healing and prayer. Uh-huh. We saw, we saw three, four, um, powerful words of knowledge that, that the Lord spoke to us in the chapel that then came true down to individuals' names, yeah. you know, moments later. And, uh, Patrick and I had a camera. We, we wanted to film this so that we could share the fruit of evangelization with our youth group. Yeah. Yeah. And we were, we were blown away by God's faithfulness. Why? Um, I think it was, it was, it was that it was, it was saying, Jesus, I just, I give you, I give you permission to take this next two hours is yours. Yes. It's for your fame. It's for your glory. Right. I don't have a, I don't have an agenda. I don't have a plan. I'm just going to give it to you. Yes. And, and that, and that is like, that's the call of our lives. Yeah. It's the call of our lives. And I think what, why I was so encouraged by that when I when I first watched Fearless was I I just saw you guys give in a very tangible way two hours to the Lord and I began thinking to myself I can do this even when my sole purpose is not evangelization and then it started changing my life because it actually is the sole purpose of everything like <laughs> everything I do is to bring the good news alive you know one of the yeah. most encouraging moments of my entire converted life I was just in I was in Minnesota I fly a lot to different college campuses and different um, just areas of the country for ministry opportunities. And, uh, a brother of mine, uh, he actually works with us here at Damascus. His name's Noah. Noah and I, we were in Minnesota and we were, I forget why, but I think we landed in one, um, one of the airports and we needed to get to the other airport to pick up our rental car. And the way you do that is through like a, like a, a subway system or something of the sort. And he and I are trying to figure out where the train's at, right? And we we catch it, and at the last moment, we like get in before the the doors close. It's probably more epic in my mind than it actually was, but we like got there in time. We're like getting on the train to go pick up our rental car, and when we got on the train, we were just like we were just like laughing at the fact that we ran through the airport, you know, like that we just had a lot of people. We were bringing people into the joy in a moment that could have been like stress filled, yeah. could have been frustrated, and we run onto the the train and it was amazing. We just stood there and we grabbed the pole in the middle and the encouraging part came right after that. We grabbed the pole and this, this man that's sitting down, not, not well to do, had clothes that were a little more raggedy, but he looked up at us and he, he literally asked, or I guess stated, it was kind of both. And I guess he said, you, you guys must be missionaries, aren't you? (laughs) <laughs> and I, I looked, I looked down and like smiled and I was like, yeah, we, um, we are. And he said, it's written on your faces. Huh. And I just thought to myself, Aaron, you, you know, me as well as anyone I've been to so many conferences. I've had the pleasure of ministering at so many conferences. And yet I, I think that I often think to myself, Like, I hope my words here translate in such a way that these people leave changed. Yeah. And that's not a bad desire or thought, obviously. But that moment in that, like, subway system, it brought me to the reality that that can be my hope in every moment. That, Lord, I pray that just my presence here, that doesn't seem like a big deal. It was just Noah and I laughing and goofing off. But this guy recognized Jesus in us, 
merely on the basis that we were responding in a way that was different than he's seen before. Yeah. And that would be so true in our world today if we as a church would actually engage the moment and not always just catch ourselves in lofty futuristic ideas. Yeah. Like the world would be like, what? Like you appreciate this moment, like you appreciated that meeting, you appreciated your ride home, you appreciated taking your daughter to school today. Like, yeah. man, like it's not, again, hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not. We need to have that heart when we're ministering to the multitudes. Yeah, Jesus had that heart when he ministered yep. to the multitudes, yep. but we need that heart when we're ministering to the moment because Jesus had that heart when he was ministering to the moment. Yeah, so so uh, once again, practical application, we're, we're rooted in encounter. And we're, we are striving to see every opportunity for what it is. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to activate that before a quick break. Jesus, show us the opportunities that you have in store yes, for us. Lord, wherever wherever I am in this very moment, I pray that you would reveal um, what it is that's happening around me. Lord, show me the opportunity that I have to be your hands, your feet, your voice, your smile. Jesus, don't just let this be something that 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 I'm that I'm doing to exercise in my head, but Lord, give me the opportunity as one who realizes that I'm called to a transformative lifestyle to be the one who who witnesses to your glory. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Friends, I hope that I hope that as we go through today's show, as as we've talked about being rooted in encounter and and seeing every opportunity, every every moment as an opportunity that that your heart is being moved, um, that we might just we might give God greater authority to speak. We're going to come back after a short break, and we're going to hit uh, what I what I think is maybe our our final our final step for today on how to live uh, mission in the moment, mission of the moment, and. Uh, and, and Brad and I will kind of send us off with maybe just a commissioning in, in prayer and, um, and some more testimony. So mm-hmm. thank you for joining us for Beyond Damascus. We will be right back after this short break. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. Once you lose faith, if somebody does something to you and hurts you one time, two time, three time, four time, St. Peter thought seven was a good number. How often should I forgive my brother, Lord? Seven times? My Lord said, no, 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 no. Seventy times, seven times a day. For more information on Mother Angelica, visit Religious Catalog at EWTNRC.com. Want the latest pro-life news? Want it delivered? Sign up. It's free. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly, your source for everything happening now in the fight to protect the sanctity of human life. New episodes delivered every week to your inbox. So if you really want to know, sign up today. Go to EWTN.com forward slash pro-life today. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, you're joining us in the third segment of what has been really an awesome, an awesome show. Brad, we were just sharing during the break that this is this has been a, a moment that the Lord has been really actively speaking um, mm-hmm. in in your prayer and uh, yeah. and in, in in mine as well. Um, that uh, that living an authentic Christian life it, it happens on the stage. It happens on um, it happens. In 
on on the mission trip. It happens in the school and in, in, in the office, but it also happens in the laundry room, right? Yeah, right. It, it happens on the highway. It, the happens, yeah. it happens in the mundane. It happens in every moment. And, and as we can shift our perspective to realize and accept with grace uh, – those invitations to mission. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what we, we can just we can live a life that's that that is um, that is integrated, mm-hmm. right? We can live a life where I'm a Christian from the moment I go to sleep till the moment I wake up and in my dreams. Yes, as as opposed to as opposed to thinking this is something that I can turn off and turn on. That's right. Right, um, friends. Today's show is is entitled "The Mission of the Moment." And uh, we've been we've been talking about just testimony of of how it is that we live this call on a daily basis. And um, before this break, in the second segment, we were talking about how it's so fundamental to us that as uh, an individual who's called to live a missionary life in every moment, that I've got to be number one rooted in encounter with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I've got to be rooted in encounter with Jesus. That any time I find myself distracted, I need to come back to the name of Jesus, to the face of Jesus, to the person of Jesus, mm-hmm. the walking in friendship. That's how we're supposed to experience this world. Number two, mm-hmm. that I, I, I need to commit myself to see every opportunity, whether that's um, driving in my car, whether that's sitting at the gas station, whether that's paying for my food, right? Mm-hmm. That, that every situation that I am, it's an, it's an opportunity to witness and to carry the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And finally, the third piece, Brad. This is kind of one of the tenets that we ha- that we hold here at Damascus. So I'm, I'm sure you can you can speak into it in the way mm-hmm. that it's transformed your life and it's transformed mine. Yeah, it's friends when when we get in those places and those opportunities, those situations, those conversations to commit ourselves to look for the gold in people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to look for the gold in people. Right. Um, I, I was uh, I I was at a I was at a restaurant in uh, in Denver a couple of weeks ago on a personal retreat and um there we had a we had a waitress who was who was serving us she was a, a lovely young woman and uh she was wearing a uh, a face mask and a and maybe a t-shirt that were were kind of making um some political statements that that yeah. stand in contrast to catholic church teaching yeah. and uh it was it was funny um m- my just for for a, for a fleeting moment, I observed that, and I, I had like a moment of intimidation, mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. of like there's a barrier, a literal barrier in front of your face <laughs> yeah. that's communicating that you believe something contrary to what I believe, mm-hmm. and um, and it didn't last. Why? Because I went into a, I went into a quick prophetic process um, of of asking myself, uh, God, what what's your heart for this young woman? And what do you want to say to her? And it was it was so beautiful. Why? Um, God brought me back to uh, he he spoke a, a deep word of of knowledge of intimacy of mm-hmm. of this girl's um, family and her past. Okay, uh, Jesus Jesus spoke to me as clear as day that this young woman had a younger sister who looked up to her um, yeah. and depended on her to be a strength and to be a, a foundation and a, a, a rock solid. You know. Um, foundation for her and her life. And, um, and then the second word God spoke was that this young woman actually was raised in the Catholic church and had since fallen out of relationship. So over the course of our dinner time conversation, you know, we were cordial, we were kind, we smiled. And then at one point I was like, Hey, can I, this is, this is going to sound weird, but I'm practicing hearing from God. And I just wanted to ask you a couple of things that he was speaking to me about you. 
And those two words that the Lord had spoken to me, they, they broke open um, just an incredible opportunity yeah. to pour into this young woman and ultimately to lead her into a place where she was able to pray with us and, and enter yeah. into a lordship relationship with Jesus. Yes. And it was, it was, it was so simple and so beautiful and so profound. And where did it come from? It came from that when I saw a, a, a challenge, when I saw a, a statement of belief that was different from my own, mm-hmm. instead of stopping there, I looked for the gold in that moment and That's looked right. for the gold in that person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, and you didn't only find gold in that person, but you found gold in you too, right? Because when we look for the gold in people, yeah. that includes us and everyone around us. So even in the moment where I'm, I'm by myself, right? Like we're so quick to beat ourselves up. And I do this all the time. Like I'm running behind to this next meeting. But the reason I'm running behind to this next meeting is I was so willing to hear out the person I was in the last meeting. Yeah. With. And, and sometimes I frame that as like, well, I'm perpetually late. Yeah, sure. And we can, we can correct that, but don't miss the gold in you that you were so intent on listening yeah. to the person before, right? Yeah. Because when we look for the gold in people, in others and in ourselves, we begin to manifest gold in the moment. Like the Lord has never, ever made himself manifest in a complaint. Mm. He just hasn't. That's just not what he does. <laughs> He, he doesn't do that, but he, you, but he does manifest himself yeah. in glory and in praise. And we know yeah. this, and I don't mean to get arrogant in our, our being, but I do mean to say that there is something good that can be extracted from every Amen. moment. And, and we, need to, we need to focus on that. Yeah, friends, you are called to live a life of full-time mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that happens in every moment. You're called to be a missionary in every moment. How do we do that? through being rooted in encounter with Jesus, through seeing every opportunity and for looking for the gold in others. I, I, I think that's a solid start, at least as we're reflecting today. I think that's how God's done it in us. And I think that's how God wants to do it in you. We're going to pray that real quick over you. We've already entered into the process a bit. Um, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, God, for the conviction that you've placed on our hearts. We give you our lives. God, I pray that today, as uh, listeners of today's show have been convicted to live deeper in mission, that you would make it easy for us, that you would show Mm -hmm. us those opportunities as clear as day, that you would highlight others to us who you want us to speak into, um, Lord, and that you would would just present it, you'd present those opportunities uh, as as gifts from you. Mm -hmm. Jesus, we bless you, and we thank you for this opportunity. We pray this all in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Uh, Brad, have a great day, man. Thank you, friends, for joining us here on Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. If you've enjoyed today's show, or if you want to catch this one, or any other of the previous shows we've done, check out our podcast, Beyond Damascus. And uh, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. We are carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We will see you again, same time, same place, next week.